0: Here it comes. Matt, the old su- superb
1: owl. Here we go. The fifty fifth big game is this
2: weekend. Fifty five. A game this big deserves a big prize. Not just some trophy. Yuck. To finish off the football season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook ad, is giving all players a no-brainer of an offer To celebrate football's finale, DraftKings Sportsbook is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in the big game. My God, you know, that usually happens. I feel pretty good about that one. <laughs> so, all it takes is one touchdown to be scored Sunday night, and boom! Your money is doubled. Sounds like a no-brainer to me. And as if this game wasn't enough, reason to party with Double the Cash. You'll be celebrating till next season. Don't forget about DraftKings
0: Big Game Prediction Challenge with up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs and instant prizes for everyone who enters the contest. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays. I some drool. Oh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app money. now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored in Sunday's game. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at doubling your money during Sunday night's season finale. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash prediction dash challenge dash. DFS for details gambling problems call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in Colorado 1-800-522-4700 now folks I completely messed up and had us muted at the beginning this is episode 16 of Red Wings Rant so uh, yeah you don't know that because I'm gonna edit it and uh, you'll never know Uh, we're in season 2 Where uh, tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. That's right. Matt didn't remember that in the first go around. Um, Now, before we get too deep, before we start talking about uh, the Detroit Red Wings and how we're doing against the Florida Panthers and all these fun statistics and analytics that you guys just go gaga over, we have to uh, let you know there's a whole nother podcast for you to check out. And that is the Blue Notes pod from the Hockey Podcast Network. So sit back, relax, and we're going to have you take a quick listen
2: uh, to what they've got going on.
1: And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin and the man called Where. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammate, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities or at home. Penalties,
2: that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the the
1: ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick jake neighbors brayden chan texted me and then uh the head coach craig berube reached out as well and um, ryan o'reilly as well and then um, the next day on day two of the draft uh, tarasenko facetimed me so uh that was pretty cool <laughs> so. and we're the only hockey podcast in the hockey podcast network to have a hawaiian hockey correspondent the hawaii blues fan guy bensing in true dan kelly fashion dan kelly says f you keaton i know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the world series you damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the nhl season and then walked away and we have a musician too not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now but he has also performed absolute works of art and it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your rear, never wanting to leave the eyes when the pain set in. So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump, listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun.
0: All right. It's still a Red Wings show, guys. Just had to... <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, yeah, we're back. Yeah, that was a long one, huh? You um, could gravy. Uh, I, all the St. Louis Blues shows uh, are the same length as ours. It's just their commercials are a little bit longer, apparently. Um, all right. So we're back in it. Mike?
2: Hey. Hey. <laughs> Did you have fun tonight? I did. Now we have to talk about Red (laughs) Wings. We just saw Edge uh, go bell to bell. Uh, Wrestling fans know who I'm talking about. If you listen to you 2 you might be a little confused. Uh, The professional wrestler named Edge, he won the Royal Rumble. He came out from number one, outlasted 29 other competitors to win. Man, his hair has never looked better. His spear has never looked spearier. I can't wait to see him at WrestleMania. Well, I'm not too sure about how
0: accurate those comments were uh, about his hair and those spears, but
2: I mean, I think the thinning of the hair made him quicker on the spears. I think <laughs> it actually was a benefit if that's what you're alluding to.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, this, this is something where um, I, th- I think that there's some, some element of this excitement from the Royal rumble. We could still relate back to the Red Wings because this is getting, it's, it's, it's already to the point in my head where I made the choice like, all right, Red Wings go on the back burner tonight. And it, it's, that's the long and short of it. Mike, we, ha- we have two things we podcast about. One of them had its second biggest show of the year. And I, you know, with the Red Wings going down again, putting in a good effort, but that power play is still looking like poo poo. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm okay to say like there, th- this is the psychological element to it. This is the, you know, the philosophy or, or however we want to dive into this, but it's, it's getting, uh, it's already wearing thin, uh, because this is already getting to the point where the tweets are getting tired, you know, like we're already to that point of <laughs> we're telling ourselves, Hey, we put in a great effort.
2: We- and now what? <laughs> I gotta say, uh, we got to start putting some pretty juicy offers on the line. If in, by the grace of God, the Red Wings managed to score more than two goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, like this, we we talk about the expect
2: expected goals for uh, every episode now. There's a mathematical calculus to this, by the way, that Matt's probably going to explain. But <laughs> my expected goals is usually zero or one, and sometimes two. <laughs> I don't expect to see a third goal probably the rest <laughs> of the season, Matt.
0: Well, the uh, the thing of it, Mike, is that the expected goals does not take into account uh, the those special teams. So it's, it's starting with like when we're whenever we're talking about these numbers and the normal way to do it is you're looking at those five on five numbers. So how do you see these scores like go so far past what the expected goals say? It's because of special teams. Um, so. That's. I think that's where this conversation needs to go from here because we had two two losses to the Florida Panthers. Where uh, I I confess, the first period, I was on the road. I tweeted about it, and we got a nice little message from Ken Cal where he said, "Enjoy," because I said I'm excited to listen to Ken Cal for the first time this season. And uh, then I realized later when he tweeted, "Enjoy," the thought popped in my head where he's like, "I don't, I don't care that it's your first time listening. I'm here every single game." This is my, like, you know, okay. what a treat for him to know that I am listening. Woohoo! Enjoy.
2: I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> Somebody, please. Um,
2: Matt, here's my question. So,
0: well, I, I was going to say, just to the point of me bringing him up. I the the first period without me watching it, and we're we're recording now. You know, to try and get this under the under the wire for our deadline for the Hockey Podcast Network, but. Uh, that first period sounded great. So I'm basing a lot of what I'm going to say about uh, like eyeball tests on the ear test today uh, for at least for that first period. Cause that's the numbers say that was our best period uh, over these last two games. And uh, it just sounded great. I mean, Ken Cal, Paul Woods sold the hell out of it. And they, they were uh, telling me the first five minutes was full of scoring chances. We were just missing some, it should have been like three, maybe four to nothing at the end of that period with some of the chances Larkin and Manta were getting. Um, of course, Larkin put one in, but um, more so. So I, I just, uh, I had to put that little asterisk on on what we'll continue to talk about. But Mike, you sounded like you were winding up for a joke, so I probably ruined another one.
2: No, no, no. You really enhanced what I'm about to say. So. <laughs> no need to worry there. No, uh, I would say that the Red Wings at this point are, are, uh, they probably have a face for radio, if I may. Um, oh. You probably don't want the... Of the audio and visual options, you probably just want the audio.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: for one thing, if a goal does go in, uh, the the sweet falsetto of Ken Cal, I think, is, is better than, you know, the grunt of Ken, Ken Daniels. So I, I think... Not only are you getting a, a better audio uh, experience for your ears uh, by listening to the radio, I think you also you don't know if he's mailing it in and even telling the truth. And that's okay. <laughs> it's okay at this point to kind of live in a fantasy world. And Ken Cal, uh, you know, another uh, dominating game by Detroit Red Wings. My goodness, were they up and down the ice? They were uh, scoring and planning some defense. You were and, uh, more as, Paul, Woods. Paul, <laughs> you Woods, were more Paul
0: Woods than Ken Cal.
2: And uh, Red Wings uh, lose a heartbreaker here, 15-2. to 2. And uh, we'll see you next game for the Carolina. Dual, Whatever, yeah. yeah the- so, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's actually painting an accurate picture, uh, based on what you're listening to, but well, on TV for the second and third periods, from what I could see, uh, was the same sort well, of shenanigans we've seen so far, the- particularly <laughs> when we learned that, uh, one of Blashell's moves today was to bench Dylan Larkin for a while. Uh, yeah, like, uh, all right, well, let's let's get into I want to
0: start at the top of these numbers because that's, um, we we were talking about the power plays, but uh, we do know that that uh, to go to go to your point, Mike, with with Larkin and Mantha, some of it and getting benched uh, from a power play perspective, uh, some of it actually goes back to some of the things we were asking for. So I can't get too mad at Flashall, because that would be making me I would be a hypocrite. Um, I, we basically said the. Uh, I mean, if if we took if we took a look at uh, Dom, we said loose chicken. If we took a look at Dom loose chitchens <laughs> models, we were still supposed to finish dead last. So that's him from an analytical approach saying what our what our team could put together wins wise. So I know, we you know, you put a whole nother team together with those players. Things should look different. I think we're all pretty happy with the, the improvements we made. But I bring up that model all the time of Dom's because it tells a pretty accurate story it's something that he tries to tell everybody every year yes there are asterisks that come with analytics but this is the only thing i do with my life is work on this model to make it better (laughs) that's all he does uh so like the point being is that we were pretty far from anything that was perfect uh we were pretty far from anything that was going to be good we were far from anything that was going to contend for a playoff spot uh, from an analytical perspective, and now that we're uh, what ten games in, I think we could pretty much say there's still a lot of problems on this team. <laughs> Where it looks like we're close in some periods, but there's we're we're losing. So you know, we'll we'll talk about that in a second. So to, to to finish up with Larkin and Mantha being benched, I I'm not as mad as as everyone else is because there's another element to this nobody's really discussed yet. And I'm wondering if this is like them making the case for not necessarily like like think about from like a manager's perspective, he's got to make the right choice of what moves to make to to change, you know, your your coaching staff or your players. So now I'm I'm hinting where I'm going. This is basically Blashel going, if you think this is the right system and this is to Dan Bilesma, then fine. Put somebody else in there. And <laughs> the long and short of it is. I think we're figuring, or not figuring out, but this is just getting that proof that this is the wrong power play system. It hasn't worked for a couple of years. And uh, while we've already made the case that it makes no sense to get rid of Blashel, and from a COVID perspective, it doesn't really make sense to get rid of Bilesma either because they're going to be running with two coaches for a while, and that's really going to shorthand this team. Um, it's just something where moving forward into the future, they they absolutely know... Like Biles, Biles, uh, Biles is not like that next choice. He's, he's not, he's not a good option either. Um, I think we were all killing kidding ourselves when we, we picked him up and he's been sitting on the bench and we're like, Hey, there we go. Option number two, in case things don't work out with Jeff. It's just, I mean, if anything, that's the silver lining to take away from this is that, that, that move could be used as that example. It's the proof. That we are really far away from anything in a special teams perspective being uh, useful. Now, numbers wise, Mike, uh, to continue that special teams conversation, uh, why did we lose when we won the expected goals competition though, over the last two games? the We won expected goals 2.84 to 2.23 combined in the last two games. Power points, Mike, for Florida. And we, we remember how well the Stars just did. Mm-hmm. Power plays for Florida. Four of seven. The wing dings
2: Wait, for us? We were four of seven?
0: Nope, for Florida. Oh, the other team did yeah. really well.
2: Okay, <laughs> yeah. I got you. All right, and Detroit went? Uh, oh, for. We don't, we don't even, I mean, yeah, it but was we seven. Only had, we only had seven attempts. I mean All right, the exact same amount. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> that's not good. Okay. Um, well, I, I, uh, my, yeah, I, my, listen, it, my it, TED talk's done. My so there's two, there's two items that I want to touch on. Okay. Ew. One is, uh, you know, you're not going to win a lot of auto races, uh, with the Chevy Cruze, and the Red Wings, I, I drive a Chevy Cruze. Okay. I, I know how many races I'm going to win. It's going to be zero. Um, now does it get pretty good gas mileage? Can I count on it to, you know, ice myself to work? Yes. Yeah. But do I expect my little Chevy Cruise to win any power play moves on the highway? Not a single time. <laughs> so it's kind of tough because we're we're running on basically a four cylinder automobile uh times ten, you know, or two power play units. So I I, I understand like that side for Blashle to be like, guys, I got uh I got ten cruises out there. I'm not gonna be getting any goals on the power play anytime soon, okay? You can't get mad at me for this. However, watching that power play, whatever that strategy is, it is easily the most nauseating thing uh, as a as a fan of the sport of hockey that has ever crossed my television pets. Um, it's not just my eyeball test. If if I have to hear poor Mickey Redmond get another ulcer watching our power play, ha. <laughs> And him make the comment that it's Jump one and done. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Jumping Jehoshaphat, one and done again. Boy, oh boy, how many times are they got to run this play. <laughs> I don't really know what the play is. Uh, there's kind of a dump, but it's usually directly to the other team's defenseman, and they get a pretty clean uh, cross ice pass all the way back to our goalie, who's basically handling it in the trapezoid again. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty toothless. I don't know if it's necessarily Larkin. You need to learn your lesson. Cause I, I mean, I've seen a few attempts where it, at least it feels like if there's a, a spot where maybe, maybe there's a little drama for the Red Wings to put one in, it's because he's making it a, an effort on the sides mm-hmm. um, and trying to center it. Um, it might not be the crispest pass. You know, we're not working with that soup who, you know, is a hall of famer, you know, one of the greatest of all time, but it doesn't feel like we quite have the guns to even make this this work on a best case scenario attempt right. by Larkin. So I, I get that they're trying to send some sort of message, you know, if if your leaders aren't scoring on the power play, come on, do something, but uh I mean, the people filling in, it would, you know, be the, you know, the Glenn Denning's of the world. It it's not going to be a goal scorer. It's and- it's it's kind of, it's it's a gesture. I understand it, but for me, it's it's kind of a hollow gesture.
0: And there's still like there's still the element right now where those first four games you had a Zadina and a Fabry to flesh out this offense. Guys a who specialize bit in
2: offensive skill, especially
0: Zadina, where that was something even from the offseason, we were like, oh, can't play, wait for play the power play playmaking. Yeah, and so there's that. I I think like right now the whole Mantha Larkin thing, it, I'm still fine with it because, again, it's not like we're going to sit back at the end of the season and go, man, if those two had played those two more games of power play, we would have racked up another 30 wins. <laughs> like, It's just, I don't know. I, I'm being a little harsh now, too, because I know the last thing Red Wings fans want to do is turn into tune into a podcast and then hear us talk about how terrible we are. But, uh, I mean, I couldn't, when I'm titling the thing today, uh, I think, like, it's either depth or if we want to talk the talent disparity because, um, like, if if we're going to say, and I, I'm, I mean this, Mantha is having a good season from a,
2: like, an analytics perspective, from a possession perspective. going to say from a hypothetical perspective?
0: <laughs> it's almost like that, right? If we're talking strictly <laughs> analytics and – and no, we're, we're talking know.
2: deep cut analytics, right? We're
0: not. We're not seeing like elite numbers right now. We're seeing what five points in ten games, I think, off the. Sorry, maybe it's six points in in ten games, but, um, like we're not seeing like the elite level production. We are seeing like the movement of the puck. We're seeing ownership of the puck from Manta time to time, but when when you're looking for like that high level. Tail it. I, I think the last thing you want to do is continue to play like on your first line. You want to continue to play those games of you no. Know, he's holding. He he's got that puck possession down. I I just think this is that element where when we talk about we want to hold on to those first round draft picks now to to measure out like um, you know do you spend a first round draft pick to get a guy that's uh, a legit first line forward or are you hanging on to that hoping that you'll run into that elite level talent that guy who is going to put it in the back of the net when he gets those chances um you're not gonna you know as far as we know uh 2021 draft doesn't hold an ovechkin so we're not going to get that stick on the power play uh as far as we know maybe we'll luck into one but um yeah, I just I, we're still at that point where uh, I mean I title the episode the talent disparity is too much. Uh, one because Zadina and February are gone, uh, but two because despite us winning the expected goals for battle, we also need to start taking advantage of the opportunities handed to us, which includes the power play. And either it's our coaches saying it's not our our top level talent isn't doing enough to stay on there or they're not doing enough for them to make an argument to not experiment right now, or they're doing as much as they can. And that's not enough. So, you know, come at me, bro. (laughs) At us, let us know, you know, what your guys' heads are at, where your heads are at. Uh, Because I mean, the long and short of it is um, the deeper we go into this season, I think um, we're we're just going to see how important it is to make sure that we have another, another Zadina you know, to have a Zadina on the ice, to have a Fabry on the ice. And obviously that's true. You want your, you want your, your second line on the ice to, to win a hockey game. Uh, there's no argument to be made there, but you you can't sit back and rely on a Mantha or a Larkin to, uh, be the only ones to get you the win right now. And I love Martin Larkin. I love Mantha to death. Um, but right now you're facing a Florida Panthers team that looked like they were ready to give us at least one win this weekend and we, we we'll poop yeah. The bed. I mean Grice is still looking for a win and he's playing pretty well this season and it's still it's still not going our way. So it's it's just when do we look at this in the face and and go, All right, um eh, still not lining up.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh I don't know how, how many times you can kind of repeat it, but it's it's maybe not necessarily benching Larkin and Mantha because I not a lot they could do. Uh, but it, it almost just seems like if there's a hot line, you know, yeah. somebody having a few good shifts, uh, eh, just throw them out there. Maybe just not be as uh um uh, you know, like sticking with the same, you know, six guys um, for the forwards. I, I you'd almost just kind of have to open it up and be like well they had a hot first period, so you gotta put something out there. We, right. gotta, we gotta ice a power play team. So I mean, uh get out there. Like we've seen, and I, I hate that I'm about to do
0: this, but we've seen Darren Helm in the past Mike get breakaway after breakaway and not be able to finish. And you could look at that Florida Panthers game and go, man, if nails that that breakaway shot he got, I guess it wasn't quite a breakaway, Which but he one? just made an incredible move. Right. <laughs> he had another one had today. Like two
2: or three of those, yeah. It was,
0: it was the one yesterday though, that he got almost at the end of regulation and that, that would have been it. We win. We don't go to overtime. We're probably not as bummed right now, but it, I think it just highlights the lack of finish that this team has. And that's, that's the, that true difference, right? Because there's guys out there that perform well, Uh, From an analytics perspective, I mean, we we look at Luke Glendening game after game and go, wow, his line's performing really well from an expected goals standpoint. And that's because he prevents a lot. He wins a lot of faceoffs. He was like close to 70 percent a week ago. So so that happens. But we also know we're not going to put Luke Glendening on the first line. He's not going to be on the first power play line like that's that's kind of where we're coming from here. And I'm not saying, you know, obviously, Manta is more offensive talent than. Glendening, but gosh, I I just are we getting to that point? And I think we need to start. We talked about it last season, and then I I pulled back and I said, all right, I'm being a little too harsh on uh or you know, wherever
2: that conversation was. Yeah, going. I mean, uh,
0: but it's already. I'm feeling it. I'm already. God, I want to
2: bring it up again. Yeah, ah! I just uh, you know, there's two things, right? If you're a Red Wing fan, okay. Do we have any skill? Uh, you would probably see it when you have a man advantage. And we don't score, so no skill level is still pretty low. Uh, Is there effort? Are there less instances of those effort is insane, awful avalanche games where it's just suddenly you know a one nothing game is suddenly five to one, six to one, and at least not the Colorado Avalanche, right? Not the actual hockey team out of. (laughs) <laughs> at least if you're competing and it's you can point to this expected goals for, you know that's that's an effort stat, I'd say if if you're playing better on five on five, so at least it's it's something that you can stomach uh, until the you know special teams units have to go out right. there. Then I would have you know picture in picture and
0: you know. so here here's one of the things we're waiting for as we're wrapping this show up. Uh, I was discussing with uh, the professor on Twitter. He's at uh, Pete Roerig. Uh that's uh, R-O-E-H-R-I-G. Uh he was bringing up uh, using the D-Men on the rush. So I I was taking those notes uh from the game one and we discussed a little bit on Twitter. And I have uh the professor's an absolute joy. Um trying to hook myself up with that Xbox. So I just gotta kick up my allowance from the wife. Um but uh Mike, believe it or not, Stetcher uh and uh Mark Stahl were the leading D-Men on expected goals for in that first game. And uh, I qualified it by saying they were also first in uh, individual expected goals. So from that perspective, if you were just going to say, oh, they were probably out there while Mantha's line was out there, and that's why their expected goals were elevated. No, they were actually doing some of the work themselves. So that individual expected goal statistic is in reference to their actual their production towards uh, the expected goals for, for that entire line for the team, yada, yada, yada. So I, I do like that element being mixed in. And I I just want to say, like, this is the positive note, right? So this is where our conversation went on Twitter. If they can figure out a way to make this team uh, generate more scoring chances, and sure, we haven't finished them as we've seen. Sure, yes, and a 1,000%, Manta scored in that game. And you can't legitimately go to every game and say, Manta, you got to score four goals every game, man. But um, I think, you know, I think we're in agreement that there were some pretty juicy – Chances that were not capitalized on in the last couple of games. Um, and you kind of just hope that when those pop up, you do take advantage. So here's where this is going. Mike, Mark Stahl, again, was that leader. Here's where the hope comes from. Just take out little Mark Stahl. I think we all know whoop, is gone and put in more insider. Can you imagine what they could, the way that Cider's playing right now in the SHL. I know, you know, and, and this is something the professor made sure he brought up because this is where our conversation went. You know, it's it's a massive step up to go from the SHL to the NHL. But that's still a guy that's skating silky smooth. <laughs> he, the the numbers that he has right now, uh, these are from uh, Prashant Dyer. They're literally off the chart. He, he is the definition of an outlier uh, with every statistic in the SHL. And it's like shots generated uh zone entries when he's on the ice uh and and stopping shots stopping chances it's all just this t- there's one little dot over in the corner is cider all by himself and then there's the rest of the shl so from that perspective and and also from a coaching perspective because obviously that's their decision to, to push those guys up on the rush um I think, you know, there is some hope. And I, I wonder, too, if we are going to get to see Cider. I think that's where we get to see a little bit more hope is just crossing our fingers that we might get to experiment with Cider at some point. Because if they can be successful with Mark Stahl, that we all looked at and said, cool, I'm glad we picked up a draft pick in that trade. <laughs> Nobody said, thank God we picked up Jared Goff. I mean, Mark Stahl. Ooh.
2: <laughs> man, cutting to the <laughs> core on that one.
0: <laughs> um. You know, nobody would say, it. thank God we picked up Mark Stahl. But that's the easy sub right there. That's where, when you're looking for hope, like, we can sit here and poo-poo
2: the season. And we might have to for a while. But I think this... they' just jumped to conclusions. I would keep our, our top expected goals for a guy, Mark Stahl. Maybe send Hronik over to Sweden. Let him learn how to play hockey.
0: Though. Yeah, that's true. His numbers aren't uh, so hot like we talked about in the last episode. Hey. Uh, go check that out. Hey. Red Wings Rant episode 15. Uh, Mike, when we come back for episode 17, we'll be dissecting uh, game one uh, against Ooh. the Tampa Bay Lightning, yeah. uh, who are 4-1-1 one, and one right now. Uh, Mike, that first game is at 5.30, so we'll be covering that game when we record what Wednesday mean? night. Yeah, wow.
2: who knows? Uh, I think the evening news is starting at that point. It's really early.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the game today, uh, the Red Wings actually tweeted out, it started at 5 in honor of the $5 hot and ready. <laughs> I was like, really? Wow. all okay. wow. right good for you guys. And then, uh, yeah, five thirty on Wednesday, and then we'll prep you guys for the Friday game. Uh, but yeah, the Tampa Bay Lightning started out pretty hot. Lost a couple games to Columbus and uh, Carolina, and then they're back on their winning ways
2: against Nashville.
0: Uh, the PDO right now suggests they're a little bit hotter than they should be, and that's because of their uh, save percentage right now. The on ice save percentage measured at nine forty nine. Uh, league average is 9.08 right now, so they have quite a pit to fall into. Uh, however, Mike, we know how talented the Lightning are despite not having a Cooch, uh, Kucherov. Uh, the 8.3% shooting percentage is a little is that, bit lower.
2: Uh, does that extend beyond what you just said?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, do, do people it's, uh, say, do the, do the
2: hockey national writers say oh, yeah. they're Coochless? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nope. No cooch free locker room. <laughs>
0: Um, they're coming in with an 8.3 uh, shot percentage, a little below league average of 9.8. Um, the expected goals for is there; they're top ten and expected goals uh, top three, I think, in high danger scoring chances. Uh, four percentage. We don't want to measure just those uh, chances they've created because they're a little bit short on games played. Um, oh, whoops! And I have Bobrovsky stats there. Okay, so that's not going to help us too much. But we talked about that save percentage for the team, so we'll go by that. Um, so it's, it's just going to get tougher. We know this is this defending Stanley cup champions. Uh, but if they can, if they can drop a game, uh, to Columbus and Carolina, who we competed with, and I would say more from, uh, a strategy, a strategy perspective from, uh, Jeff Blaschel's coaching decisions. Again, we're not touting Jeff Blaschel. We just want you guys to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit on saying that this team sucks because of Jeff Blaschel. Um, anyway. We found some wins.
2: No, it's years of mismanagement. <laughs> and a lack of, you know, tending the garden of youth. You know, Flash well, is just playing with the fruits of those looms.
0: He should have never accepted... How fruitless
2: they are. He should have been developing talent in Grand Rapids. That's his fault. You know... For when, not turning more chicken shits into more chicken salads, I say. When
0: he locked into getting Tyler Bertuzzi on his team... Who developed him again? Anyway, um... <laughs> Any, Wizzles, uh it's not looking great. Mike, do we have um speaking of Jeff Blaschel? Do we need to end the show with a fun little game involving Jeff Blaschel and Paul Woods?
2: It has been a dire day for Red Wing Hockey. But you know who's here to rescue us? Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, Paul Woods to play. <laughs> who's that? Now, what I do is uh, I pluck a quote out of context, and sometimes I read it, usually Paul Woods reads it. Today, we'll probably, we need Paul Woods today, now, more than ever. Um, so, Matt, we're going to change up the game today. Usually, we pluck a quote from head coach Jeff Blaschel, but instead, we have a player doing a little self-reflecting. Ah, I threw you off a little bit. That's where that came from. Yes. Matt already Me buckled too. in. Hey, I'm going to do a quick Google search like I usually do when we're in. Wait a minute i didn't know you google search these every time <laughs> we gotta start playing this game and it stands up. Right, up all right all uh, right matt uh clocking in here it's a uh, legendary voice your detroit red wings uh paul woods here uh definitely not ken cal who i sounded a little bit like <laughs> before all right so here's a uh, player x matt we're gonna hear him talk about himself here and uh, let's see if you can guess who it is if i could get a couple shots a night some great a chances I know I'm going to build some confidence. If so I get two to three shots on the power play, and then two to three shots on five-on-five, five, then it just moves forward from there. So Matt, much like Louis Anderson in Coming to America, if he can just start washing lettuce, pretty soon he's doing the fries. <laughs> and then after the fries, he makes assistant manager.
0: Well, I know we got to wrap up, so I- I'm not going to hem and haw. It's it's the top. It's one of the top two guys. I'm hemming and hawing. It's Tyler Bertuzzi.
2: Matt, much like your Royal Rumble prediction today. Oh shit! Wrongo! Man, it was Anthony Mantha. <laughs> oh His man. best Louis Anderson impression. I told myself it wasn't going to be Mantha. Mantha washing lettuce. That's all he wants. <laughs> and that was another exciting game of <laughs> Pokemon!
1: Pokemon.
0: All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I gotta. Dang, this is gonna take forever. I gotta edit this thing and send it over in the next 20 minutes. Alright. Got it. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Woo!